Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The second season of El Flow is here. Step into the ever-evolving world of reggaeton and get up close with both legendary figures and emerging talents in the industry. Part of the enormous significance of reggaeton is really the way in which personal narratives connect to larger things going on historically and socially. Listen to El Flow on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Here we go at Tower 2, live in Los Angeles. It's The Hurt. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening, thanks for making us part of your day. I'm on day 7 or 8 of this cold. Good enough to work. Not a fever. Sound like crap. Apologize for that. Don't sound great. Tomorrow, blazing 5 at this time. Cosell, Greg Cosell. Uh, whether you bet NFL, fantasy football, want to get smarter, he'll be joining us in three minutes. J-Mac joining me. So here is an update on the Jim Harbaugh working on a contract extension, which Richard Johnson of Sports Illustrated had reported an hour ago. We discussed this. Uh, J-Mac, to his credit, came out and said it's a young reporter. Don't know much about it. I don't know how valid it is. My takeaway is I could see Michigan saying, listen, we feel we're going to get in trouble with the NCAA. We'll give you a massive deal. We can go through it together. That's what I would do if I was the athletic director at Michigan. I'd say, listen, Jim, this could get bumpy for three years. We'll give you a big boy contract. No cut. Doesn't matter if we have another pandemic. You're in. You're safe. Doesn't matter if we go on, uh, you know, we go on a big uh, boondoggle with the NCAA and we're suspended. We're going into the gym business long term. And then Harbaugh says, I'll do it. Uh, let's make it four years. By the fifth year, I may go, want to go look at the NFL again. But I don't think there are a lot of good NFL jobs. I think if the Chargers job opened, that's not a great job because they don't have a history of winning. Uh, I think that's a good job because of the quarterback and the left tackle, and they have some. They have a couple of nice weapons. I don't think there are great jobs out there. Now, D'Amico Ryans has made Houston a great job, hitting on Will Anderson and C.J. Stroud. Now, that's a very, very good job. But, you know, Ben Johnson's up for a lot of jobs here, potentially. And how many are good? Is Carolina a good job? Impulsive owner? Is Bryce Young good? There's just not a lot of great jobs in the NFL. Matt LaFleur got a great job. He got Aaron Rodgers. Mike McCarthy got the Cowboys. 
committed franchise with Dak. That's a great job. You get a there's a great job open about every third to fourth year, but there's eight jobs open every year. And my contention is Michigan is a better job than all but about six in the NFL, and that's the six that have like a Burrow or a, or a Josh Allen or a Mahomes. And one of the reasons NFL head coaching jobs are better than college because the NFL pension is so good for coaches, they don't bounce around. You can get a coordinator for 25 years, he'll never leave. You know, in college, your coordinators all want to be head coaches. So there's the story. And there was an update, J-Mac, from another reporter out there on Harbaugh. Yes, Dan Wetzel, uh, who we both know, I've had him on my podcast, he is saying that no deal is imminent. But those number figures are about correct, 11 million plus a year for five years. But nothing is imminent, so you know, don't worry about this too much, Michigan fans. All right, Greg Cosell, 44 years, NFL Films. All right, this is what you do, breakdown films. So J-Mac has got Brock Purdy not only being uh, MVP, but being enshrined in Canton here in about 45 minutes. <laughs> I think he is, to some degree, a product of his environment, but I do think he's a talented kid as well. We've seen the NFL, Mark Brunel, Kurt Warner, Tony Romo, Tom Brady, late-round picks. We've seen this historically. Every five or six years, we see one hit. Dak's a fourth-round pick. What the tapes say about Brock Purdy in Philadelphia? Yeah, here's what I'll say, Colin, and it's the reason I think he was not uh, drafted high, and not that he should have been drafted in the first round, but the reason he was drafted where he was and not uh, evaluated highly. He does two things at a really high level that have shown up in the NFL that you don't see in college football because the games are so different. Number one, he's masterful when it comes to reacting to late rotation at the snap of the ball by the defensive coverage. You don't see a lot of that in college because in college there's not a lot of defensive complexity. So this is something we didn't know about Brock Purdy. I'll be the first to admit that I didn't know that, but he is so good recognizing disguise and late rotation and throwing the ball within the timing and structure of the play design. And number two, something else you don't see a ton in college because you don't need to make these kinds of throws unbelievable anticipation throwing passes before receivers make their breaks so he has two really high level traits colin that we didn't really see in college because the college game doesn't ask the quarterback to play that way so these are things he can do at a really high level they're wow traits they're just different than the wow traits we're used to seeing when we see a caleb williams run around or or those kinds of quarterbacks you know but he, he's really special with those two things. Okay, I want to spend some time on Russell Wilson because I had said a couple of weeks ago in the winning streak, I feel like I'm getting 80 85% of Seattle Russ. Well, yeah. well, 100% of Seattle Russ, a defensive coach said, I'm out. If I'm getting 80 to 85%, what is Sean Payton, an offensive coach, thinking? Because offensive coaches, Shanahan got rid of Garoppolo, he went to a Super Bowl. McVay got rid of Goff, went to a Super Bowl. Offensive coaches in this league have a much higher standard for quarterback play and what they'll accept. So my take is Sean Payton, I watched Russell last week. He's about 80%-ish of Seattle. We know about his contract. I thought he really struggled last week. I I could very easily say see Sean Payton saying, listen, he, he's fine. I didn't come here for fine. What does the film say? 
Well, here's what the film shows, and this is going to be a problem for Sean Payton. The Sean Paytons of the world, as you well know, they spend a lot of time putting together their offense, their game plan, the structure of what they want to do, the route concepts, the route combinations. So they expect those things to be executed on Sundays. Russell Wilson does not execute the, those at a high enough percentage. Um, he, he's, a, he's an eyedropper. When he drops back, and he's very reactive to opposing jersey color. Now, he's always been like this to some degree, but he was on a Seattle team with a dominant run game and one of the best defenses in the recent history of the game. But he's an eyedropper. He looks at the rush, and the result of that is that he doesn't see throws that need to be made, so he leaves throws on the field. Um, he's done that, as I said, much of his career. Now it really shows up because he's not on a team as good as Seattle. He missed so many things last week. He missed Jerry Judy for what should have been an easy, long touchdown. And then he's he's not as accurate as we'd like him to be. He underthrew Mims on what should have been a long touchdown. So he's not executing the offense based on tape study at the level that it should be executed based on Sean Payton's design and route combinations. And that's going to be a problem for Sean Payton. Yeah, it won't be a problem long. My guess is they'll make a move off Russell at the end of the season. That is my guess. Um, so, you know, Matt Stafford's really good. He's got some age, <laughs> he, age expensive, and some injuries. But it is interesting that um, people went into the season thinking the Rams are a mile away, and I look at their offensive personnel, and I'm like, well, they need to get younger in spots. They need to get a legit left tackle. But I think their talent's better. Now, I, th I think they'll go to Baltimore and get dragged. But I think they're actually a pretty good football team with a great coach and a star quarterback when protected. Uh, they're on a little bit of a winning streak here. What, what is the film saying about their personnel, how they're playing, how good they really are? Yeah, and I, I think one thing that stands out is Sean McVay has made a commitment to the run game. And one thing about the run game in the NFL, as I think we all would agree, you don't necessarily need a high-level back in terms of talent in order to have a reasonably consistent run game. If you can run with some volume and commit to it behind a, a you know, better than average O-line, you can at least gain yards, and they've committed to running the ball. But I think you mentioned Stafford. Stafford is a professional quarterback. I mean, he threw that 70-yard touchdown to Nakua last week. That was sheer brilliance because he audibled at the line of scrimmage based on what he saw, which was no defender beyond eight yards from the line of scrimmage, and the only player in the middle of the field was a linebacker, 44, Taki Taki, and we're looking at the play. So he knew exactly what he had, exactly what he was getting, and that's high-level quarterback play because now something, you know, it seems simple, but it's not. The ability to recognize and research the defense before the snap of the ball and then make the appropriate call, that's how quarterbacks win games in this league more often than not. And Stafford, he's seen everything and he's really good at that so we I, I most people would subscribe to the theory that kansas city's offensive struggles are simply a byproduct of young inexperienced receivers um what does the film say on kansas city's sort of um hit and miss inconsistent offense right. yeah i i think that's a little bit of a cop-out um you know, look, you could say Jordan Love is playing with two second-year receivers and three first-year receivers, and he's continuing to get better and better each week. So, look, I think Mahomes is obviously a great player. That's not the point. Um, but he doesn't look the same this year. I think there's a number of reasons for that. Um, 
I personally believe, without being in his head, Colin, that he's not a comfortable player. He doesn't feel that his two tackles, the right tackle Taylor and the left tackle Smith, are going to hold up as often as needed in one-on-one pass protection. They both have the, have had their struggles. And Mahomes is a natural mover anyway. That's the way in which he plays. I spoke to a former defensive coach who played against him for years and said, hey, he always moves when he doesn't need to move. That's built into his game. And now if he gets a little uncomfortable, I think he moves even more. And there's a very fine line between making second reaction improvisational movement plays and playing too loose and without discipline. And I think he sort of teeters on that line um, this year in particular. Uh, we'll see as the season progresses, but my sense is watching him, he, and again, I'm just evaluating him. I don't think he's an overly comfortable quarterback right now. Yeah, that's one of the smartest breakdowns I've ever heard of any player on this segment. That's really, really interesting. And now you're going to make me watch it constantly every time he goes back to pass. <laughs> I'm going to stare at that. Uh, but it's a really, really interesting point. So let's let's give some time to the Eagles at the Cowboys. Yeah. So um, they've been just... Philly's offense, it's like in a game, you always get two versions of it. The Jalen's not running much, then he is running. They can run the ball consistently, then they don't. I never feel like I get four quarters of the same offense. It's variations of it. Why is this a thing? Yeah, Yeah, again, I don't know how they game plan during the week, but I will say this. Their offensive line has not quite has been dominant as they were a year ago and clearly hurts as a run dimension in the offense is not being deployed as much as a year ago so we don't know the answers to that question but that's the reality and don't forget hurts as a runner was a big factor a year ago not because he's good at it but because of what it does to the defense so we don't see that as much this year the other factor here is for whatever reason, Jalen Hurts right now is just not seeing things clearly. He's another quarterback right now that's leaving clear, defined throws on the field. Uh, and again, I can't tell you why that is. But I would say this, Colin, the larger question, which is not being talked about because everybody loves quarterback talk, is the Eagles' defense. What was their defining feature a year ago? Their pass rush, correct? They led the NFL in sacks this year. They are the worst third-down pass rush team in the league. They have the fewest third-down sacks of any team in the league, and they're the worst third-down defense in the league, allowing almost a 50% conversion rate. And it's because they cannot generate pressure. You know, and their corners have not played well enough to be able to compensate for that. Corner, you can argue, is the most important position in the NFL because you can scheme pressure But you can't cover up poor corner play. And right now, the Eagles have not been getting any pressure on the quarterback, and that has really been a problem on third down. Yeah, we we said this, that Debo Samuel was talking trash before that game with Philadelphia, and a lot of it is he was looking at film, and he saw how Ah. mediocre they are in the back end, and he knew... Listen, I'm a lot better than the guys that are going to defend him. That's why he was so confident going into that game. Now... Dak Prescott, um, and I and I said this, <laughs> it reminds me of the Matt Ryan MVP year or the Cam Newton MVP year. Uh, and Dak, like Cam or Matt, is a high-level quarterback. I don't think he's an A, but he's high-level. And they, every those guys had a year. 
You have the right coordinator. Your protection's better. The schedule works out. You have some early momentum. Maybe there's an emerging receiving star. But I was never a huge Cam guy, but he had a great year. I like Matt Ryan. I loved him one year. Dak is having a year that is inarguable to me. Totally comfortable. The O-line, which we acknowledge eight years ago was great, looks really good to me. Really good. Really, really like Detroit yeah. Lion good. is. Give me the factors the film says on why Dak is humming right now. I will say two things that, are, that stand out to me, and one of them I'll be the first to admit I did not expect at all after studying Dak this summer from the previous couple of years. In the last five or six weeks where he's played exceptionally well, we have seen him make far more outside of structure, off schedule plays than I think we saw all in the last couple of years. He's been very comfortable moving. He's been seeing the field extremely well on the run, and he's made really good throws moving. The other thing plays off what you just said, which is a thousand percent correct. This O line is playing really well. Tyron Smith yeah. looks like he did five years ago. He's just eating up edge pass rushers one on one. And that's allowed them to go to more empty formations. Over the last five or six weeks, they've been in empty formations a good amount relative to the rest of the NFL, and they've been incredibly successful. And we know about C.D. Lamb. There's one other player who deserves mentioning, and I think he's going to become a really good player. In fact, he has the second most targets on the team be, uh, after Lamb, and that's the tight end Jake Ferguson. Yep. He's become a really good player. He works the middle of the field. He has enough speed that he's a vertical seam stretcher in the middle of the field, and that's opened up a lot in the Cowboys' passing game. Yeah, Mike McCarthy, give him credit, went into a bye week. Ferguson was a non-factor. He and uh, Brandon Cook have both been a significant factor. Yeah. And Pollard getting into the end zone post bye. So we saw Brady do that when he and Arians met after the bye. They just agreed to disagree on some stuff, but tweaked. Well, McCarthy is tweaked in the bye, and it's a different-looking offense. So I want to talk about Jordan Love before we get to the big play. Just Jordan Love. And um, it's just been three games but we can't have revisionist history. Five, six weeks ago, Matt LaFleur, one of the nicest guys in the league, was beside himself <laughs> at the press conferences, was clearly frustrated with him, and now five, six weeks later, the kid looks like, what I see is confidence. I think he's an erratic thrower. He's a big kid that moves well. But I think he now just is letting it go. And I think there was something in him. He wouldn't let it go. Justin Fields has this where Zach Wilson has this. They won't let it go. So what I am seeing is a kid now that's just decided, hey, the coach has told him, let it go. Is the film saying it's more than that? Well, I will say this. I think the film tells you that he's an aggressive thrower of the football. So every once in a while, Colin, he's going to make a throw and maybe uh, maybe go through a game where you feel, hey, what what kind of throws is he making here? Those are head scratchers. But because he's an aggressive thrower, he also makes difficult throws that you have to make at the NFL level. He's willing to make them. There's no lack of belief in his ability to make those throws. Now, I think he needs to clean up some lower body mechanics, but I think that 
he's become, and you nailed it, he's become a more confident thrower of the football. And he's playing with young receivers. Yeah. And they're starting to work together really, really well. Dontavian Wicks, who I remember his next to last year in college when Virginia had that really good season, he was really good. And I did him that year because I thought he was going to come out, and I thought he was a top 50 receiver. And then he had the bad year his last year because the Virginia offense fell apart, and he became a fifth or sixth round pick. But Love has been really aggressive throwing the ball. He's seeing things better, getting uh, the ball out quicker, and he's capable of making big-time throws. And in fact, the play we're going to show is a big-time throw. Right. I mean, we can go to it now. It was in, um, it was the Kansas City game, the last game, and they beat Kansas City. And it's a red zone touchdown. And the thing is, when you play Kansas City, what do you have to expect, particularly when you get in the high red zone? as we see love in the gun. You expect to see zero coverage. Right now he's looking no safety in the middle of the field. So that says, hey, now it's man-to-man -man across the board. He can see all this. And he also knows that there's going to be a pressure front. There's going to be six in what is a pressure front. And he only has five to protect. So right now there's a lot going on here that he has to recognize quickly, but he knows that it's very possible there'll be a free rusher. So what does he do really well here? He speeds up his drop tempo, a nice subtlety. This is the matchup he wants, Christian Watson against Joshua Williams. And I think what's really impressive here is the ball location because Williams can undercut this because of the back of the end zone. So this has to be high and away. And you're really going to see it here, how impressive this throw is as it freezes. And you see there's not a lot of space here. And look how impressive this ball placement is. And this is where he's improved dramatically. He can make wow throws. And as you said, there's a lot there athletically to like, the arm talent's there. I would expect him, he'll have a bad game or he'll make a head-scratching throw, Colin, but I would expect him to continue to improve. Greg Cosell, 44 years on a Thursday, NFL Films. Good talking to you, Greg. Thanks, Colin. Appreciate it. Yeah, it is amazing to watch his confidence, and you've seen with Justin Fields in Chicago, he just doesn't want to let it go. Uh, you see that with Zach Wilson with the Jets. He just doesn't want to let it go. So do they not see C.J. Stroud will let it go. Jordan Love last couple of weeks, let it rip. Sometimes you have to. Uh, and, that, and we said this also, they have drafted more good receivers in the last two years than New England has in 20 years. Some of this is the, the Green Bay Packers draft and develop offensive players as well as anybody in this league. O -line, and they don't do first-round picks much. O-linemen, backs, A.J. Dillon, second-rounder, became a good back. The tight ends they got this year, excellent. There you go. J-Mac, what are you looking at? Big breaking story? Um... I was looking at the Miami Dolphins injury report. <laughs> Javon Holland kind of banged up. I think I may lay the lumber with the Dolphins against Tennessee this week. It's up to 13 and a half. I want to beat 14. Is that yeah. bad that I was looking at a gambling line? No, that's not all. That's what By we... the way, did you hear all the great things he uh, Cosell had to say about Purdy? Very glowing remarks. I think you're going to have to get on this Purdy train. <laughs> I can be on it. I'm just not going to be up front. Yeah, okay. I'm driving the bad boy. All right. I've got a great parlay for you this weekend. Thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook. New users use the code HERD, H-E-R-D, when you download the app. Now for the parlay pick of the week via DraftKings Sportsbook. I like the Ravens at home, minus seven against the Rams. NFC teams this year, Detroit, Seattle, that have gone east 
to face Lamar Jackson and that speed offense have been clobbered, I'll take the Ravens to win by over a touchdown. The Browns have Joe Flacco, but their defense at home should shut down the Jags, who won't have Trevor Lawrence or Christian Kirk. He's having surgery. I like the Browns by a touchdown. Chiefs minus two and a half at home over the Bills. They're better. They're bouncing off a loss, which they normally do. And I just don't trust the Bills in a big spot. Ravens, Browns, Chiefs, home favorites like them all. If you want to take the herd parlay, check out DraftKings Sportsbook. New users, please use the code HERD, H-E-R-D, when you download the app. Takes a minute, that's all. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. See show notes for full details. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way. A brand new show from My Heart Podcast where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before. Tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The second season of El Flow is here. Available como a ti te guste, in both English and Spanish. This season, we dive deeper into the vibrant world of reggaeton, featuring interviews with both reggaeton legends and exciting new talents. He's the undisputed king of reggaeton, no doubt. And he's been cited as an inspiration by multiple Latin stars, including J Balvin, Bad Bunny, Osuna, Anti Natasha. Explore the evolution of this dynamic genre and what makes it resonate globally how you consume reggaeton, how you share and distribute reggaeton. Those are all an important part of the story. It's the way that the people are experiencing reggaeton along with the musicians. Listen to El Flow as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network. Available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, 
limitless answers. According to FBI data, break-ins, property thefts spike this time of the year. Get SimplySafeColin.com, 50% off. Fast Protect Plan, SimplySafeColin, C-O-L-I-N.com. J-Mac with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. This batch of stories, Colin. I hope you're ready for this. So, I am ready. So Zach Wilson is a starter again with the Jets. Yeah. He's taken a lot of criticism throughout his career. Micah Parsons of the Dallas Cowboys, who I don't think he went to BYU. Oh, that's right. He went to Penn State. Micah Parsons went on the Bleacher Report podcast and talked about how badly the media has treated Zach Wilson. A lot of you said y'all wanted to get rid of Zach Wilson and y'all shamed him. And, and, and I truly do believe Zach Wilson was definitely reading the media. He got blamed by the media. He got blamed by everyone. And you thought anybody can just play quarterback in the NFL because y'all just think quarterback is just the easiest job, which is not. And he's in New York. New York's huge in football. They love football. Uh, New York media. And you guys deliberately and attemptfully killed this man's confidence. Y'all, 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 y'all single-handedly broke him down. Yeah, that's not true. I'll let you tackle this first. Yeah, that's not true. We we don't influence um, your ability to complete passes and read defenses. That that's that sounds great, but it makes no sense. That's so Zach crazy. Wilson dropping back in the pocket. The media is the reason he's completing fifty six percent of his passes as a pro. And he can't read the defense. And uh, talk show hosts are the reason for that. Like at some point, your confidence don't pick up. Yesterday, I did not pick up my phone for nine hours. Just put your phone down. It's okay. You can live a life. 31 starts, 25 interceptions. I'm sorry. Like, the media is not forcing him to throw interceptions. Like, is the New York media bubble a thing? Yeah, it, it can be tough there. It's not for everyone. You know, Sanchez has talked about it. It's not fun. Well, and again, when I hear Adam Silver complain about my players and uh, X or Twitter or whatever, and it's like, well, you can, nobody's forcing you to put the phone down. My kids don't do Twitter. My kids don't, you know, they stay off that stuff 90% of the time. My kids, they just say it's corrosive and vile and mean-spirited. And the gram is where it's at. You know that. The, the gram, the Instagram, IG. Yeah, is yeah. that where it's at? No. You I don't follow me still, so, I mean, it's I, I a thought, source of it. I thought TikTok. Oh, yeah, TikTok's where it's at. That'll rot your brain. Yeah, I, I, but I, I, I get Theo Vaughn makes me laugh, the comedian. I'll watch you know, My brother is a huge Theo Vaughn fan. Has seen him live, and he's like, you guys got to get him on the show. I've, I was I've, like, really? I've talked to Theo at length more than once. He's a very, very funny guy, very he's, nice guy. Is he a sports guy? Yeah, he goes to UFC fights. So this summer I went to three UFC fights, and he was at all three. Really? And he'd be in the media room. So you guys are boys now? No, I just I think he, he's just a really nice, normal guy. He's like a regular person, but he's funny as hell. He's really funny. Interesting. Guy. Okay. Uh, all right, next story. So it's a good thing you didn't pick up your phone yesterday, Colin, because Trevor Lawrence, you remember, he was limping to the locker Look at room this. Monday night. Look at this. It's embarrassing. He's 6'5". He can barely move. And, a, and a, like a police officer's helping him. So it's, you, it's an embarrassing vision. It is. You crushed the Jaguars for this. Yes. And um, Trevor Lawrence obviously uh, replied addressing why the cart did not come and get him. I think this is because you were crushing him. We talked about getting a cart, and I was going to get a cart, and then I'm standing there, and, you know, I'm, I'm already on the sideline at that point. The tunnel's right there. I just wanted to get off the field, get out of there. I didn't know what was going on with my ankle, and I felt like I could get off. I was like, hey, you're good. Just don't bring it out. I'm going in. And then once I got in there, I'm like, 
this is a pretty long walk, you know, but I, I was already there and they asked again if I wanted a cart. I'm like, no, we're going to make it the whole way there. I didn't know there was cameras in the tunnel. Of course we have carts and we have everything we need. And I was the one that, that didn't choose to, to take one, you know, so guys put that on me. Maybe that was dumb. Maybe I should have taken one, whatever. So what I said during my rant was, even if he said, I said this, no, I don't want a cart. You put him on a cart. NFL players often, Jamal Adams, have to be told, you can't play. No, you're not going in. Yes, get on a cart. This this doesn't matter. There are times the NFL has to protect its players, often from themselves. And you you also have to understand the visual of this. You just, as you as an organization, are like, buddy, we love you. So you can walk off the field without a cart. But once we get in the tunnel, you're on a cart. We don't, there's media back there. So this is one of these, like, structurally, you just do things. There are things that teams have to do to protect players from themselves. Trevor's a great guy. And that, you know, I did a little tongue-in-cheek when I said, I mean, nobody, everybody in Florida has a golf cart. It's Florida. Get them on a golf cart. But the, my point was during the rant, even if he says no, players say no all the time. Mahomes has screamed at Andy Reid on the sideline. Andy's like, you're not going in. The quarterback, you're not going in. And Mahomes is screaming at Andy. Get in the locker room. Get the x-ray. Your job is to protect players. I Listen, I, you know, it's almost, I'm not going to personalize this, but there have been times in my life like I'm fine, I'm sick, and sometimes work tells you, go home. Don't make everybody sick. But I can go on the air. Go home. Right, right, right. So my take was, who cares if he says no? Get him on a cart. I like when you sometimes bring out the flamethrower. And it, it irked. Uh, there was a player on the Jaguars, a punter. Punter? Who knew that punters are so fired up? I mean, we got a punter on a radio show <laughs> taking shots at us. And now this punter of the Jags put out a tweet about, I think he wrote, you're an idiot, Y-O-U-R. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't read the tweet. But, you know, he, he was angry. Jacksonville's upset with you, man. I think we need to do a remote there and, you know, make friends in Jacksonville. How about we pass on that? Okay, we'll pass on that one. Final story is Lakers. Colin, this is NBA, man. Lakers had worn their black uniforms in the last four in-season tournament games, and they're 4-0. Yeah. However, they were forced to switch to their gold uniforms for the semifinals tonight. The league reportedly told the Lakers they could not wear the black uniforms because of concerns over the visual contrast between the jerseys and the court design. This is obscene. Lakers are not happy. You know, listen, basketball players, athletes, baseball players, all superstitious. Sure. Right? You're 4-0 with the black jerseys. And they look cool. I like their black jerseys. But now this new court thing, which has been like a massive win for the league, contrasts with the Lakers jerseys. Well, I know, I know nobody wants to hear this. But leagues have a right to say you got to wear your socks here and you got to. Yeah. The NFL can be really ticky tacky on uniform that. stuff. I don't love that. Well, of course you don't because you're a contrarian. But leagues and businesses have certain Are, stipulations. You're not a contrarian? I don't. I see myself as a company man. Oh, please. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> By the way, I, I know we have some Laker fans here. I'm a little nervous for the Lakers tonight. Not a great matchup with the Pels. They have the size. Lakers won't dominate the glass with 22 boards on the offensive like they did against Phoenix. It's a tough one for the and not a, it's like game day off game like that's tiring for LeBron who's yeah. old. Yeah. I'm hopeful but do you know he leads the NBA in shots made in the fourth quarter. He's clutch. I mean just think of that. I think Luka. Jordan did that when he was with the Wizards, right? Oh no, he didn't. <laughs>
You're more LeBron than MJ. Right. Should isn't everyone? Oh, no, no. He had a better career by far. Got to the finals way more. Like, it, is, it is weird. Magic Johnson got to nine finals. He won five. Jordan won six out of six. And you punish Magic yeah. because he got to 33% more finals. <laughs> I mean, I think Magic played like 12 years and got to the finals like nine times. Like, that's LeBron-ish. It's weird. There, There is something about Jordan's six for six that it's just like, well, six for six. Bill Russell won 11 titles. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, Jordan took a year and a half off in between. After the first three, he needed to. Well, when he took a time off for baseball, came back. People will not discuss the year he came back and lost to Orlando in the playoffs. Yeah, that did not happen when Donald Royal picked him at midcourt. No, it's literally like, disappeared into yeah. the ether. You can't find it on YouTube. Yeah. Like, he came back. And Orlando knocked him out of the playoffs. Yeah. That, that why why didn't isn't there happen, a documentary? He played 20 games before that guy. You can't count that. Right. It's just something. <laughs> of course it's something. It it's of course it The is. wizard years were something. No, no, no. It's a wizard. I always said the best 30 for 30 that's never been made. I've said this over and over. Is the wizard MJ years. No, they don't want to show what he was doing. No, Kwame and Brown. Michael won't give you, you know, Michael won't do any interview on that. But interview... That's the 30 for 30, because I went and watched two of those games. He was good in one, not so good in the other. But a 30 for 30 on, you know, Jordan now is in the protective stage of his legacy yeah. where, you know, he's trying to protect stuff and he still, still still sells a ton of shoes. And I get it. Like, he's protecting his legacy. But, you know, he only decided to do that 10-part series after LeBron won, was it in Cleveland? Came back again from 3-1, and everybody said, oh, LeBron's a goal. Oh, Mike Dempsey's like, let's let's do this. Let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. J-Mac with the news. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The Herd Line News. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller. It would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of the Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Buble's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything. Everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before, tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The second season of El Flow is here. Available como a ti te guste, in both English and Spanish. This season, we dive deeper into the vibrant world of reggaeton, featuring interviews with both reggaeton legends and exciting new talents. 
He's the undisputed king of reggaeton, no doubt. And he's been cited as an inspiration by multiple Latin stars, including J Balvin, Bad Bunny, Osuna, Anti Natasha. Explore the evolution of this dynamic genre and what makes it resonate globally. How you consume reggaeton, how you share and distribute reggaeton, those are all an important part of the story. It's the way that the people are experiencing reggaeton along with the musicians. Listen to El Flow as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network. Available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Sunday, we got a huge day of football coming your way on Fox. The Rams take on Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Or the Seahawks battle Christian McCaffrey and the Niners. Check for the game in your area only on Fox and the Fox Sports app. So uh, the, the hot coordinator candidate for a head job in the NFL is Ben Johnson of Detroit. And uh, apparently, you know, Carolina's interested. But listen to this line. Diana Sini reporting that Carolina, people in Carolina, some of the employees of the Carolina Panthers have been texting Ben Johnson and telling him how complicated it is to work in Carolina. Panther employees are warning Ben Johnson about working for the crazy owner. And so I, I always go back to this. Every, you know, the Cleveland Browns fans, every moron on radio calls, fire the coach. Every Jets fan, fire Robert Sala. The bottom line is, Stefanski is good with offense. Joe Flacco last week looked competent. I mean, I was shocked how good he was. Why Stefanski? Uh, Robert Sala, the defense is great. So both Stefanski and Sala are good on their side of the ball. But the fan bases would overwhelmingly, the local media would fire those guys in a heartbeat, especially in New York with Sala. And my takeaway is, you do understand. Your job is as good as the candidates it can attract. You blow out Sala, who didn't draft Zach Wilson, all the top candidates are going to be like, no thanks, not interested. This idea that every time there's an NFL opening, all the best candidates sign up for it. No, they don't. For years and years, if Donald Sterling owned the Clippers, had an opening, the top candidates' agents wouldn't let him apply. Like, nobody should have had those jobs. So this is a great example is, go ahead, you won, you fired Frank Reich. Ben Johnson's a great candidate. He's being told, like, stay away by Panther employees. Now, the other thing that's true is the only way to succeed as a coordinator taking a job, 
because we don't know if coordinators can be head coaches. We have no idea. We, we, didn't, we don't know this, is if the quarterback's good. So Mike McDaniels worked. Two is good. Uh, D'Amico Ryans, C.J. Stroud's better than we all thought. Zach Taylor was bad, got Burrow is good. Uh, Dan Campbell with Goff, Nick Sirianni with Jalen Hurts, Matt LaFleur with Aaron Rodgers, Kevin O'Connell with Kirk Cousins. There's only two questions a coordinator has to ask. Do I like the current quarterback, or can I get my hands on a quarterback I like? And if the answer is yes, you do it. And so in Carolina, you're trapped with Bryce Young. I like him. But if Ben Johnson watches film and says it's not special, then you don't take the job. But now you add another layer, which is who's going to take a job from an owner that the employees are warning you, yeah, don't trust them. Toxic. So be very careful about that. If you're a Jets fan and you want to run off Sala, or you're a Browns fan and want to run off Kevin Stefanski, I think the Jets defense is excellent, passionate, and well-schooled. And I watched Joe Flacco this weekend for the Browns. I could not believe how good Flacco was. Could not believe it. I thought he was going to be terrible. He was making big-time throws. So also we had earlier today, um, Greg Cosell has been coming on this show. I don't know. I've been doing this eight years here. Um, before that, I would bring him on, and he breaks down film. And I thought today he said something. It lasted about a minute. And I thought it was about as, as smart as anything he'd ever said. So we look at the Chiefs' offense, and we point to immediately Travis Kelsey's age or the young receivers. But he sits and watches film, play after play after play. And he said, now that's too easy. There's another issue here. I personally believe, without being in his head, Colin, that he's not a comfortable player. He doesn't feel that his two tackles, the right tackle Taylor and the left tackle Smith, are going to hold up as often as needed in one-on-one pass protection. I spoke to a former defensive coach who played against him for years and said, hey, he always moves when he doesn't need to move. That's built into his game. And now if he gets a little uncomfortable, I think he moves even more. And there's a very fine line between making second reaction improvisational movement plays and playing too loose and without discipline. We'll see as the season progresses, but my sense is watching him, he, and again, I'm just evaluating him. I don't think he's an overly comfortable quarterback right now. So that was the first thing he said that was substantial, that don't blame the receivers. He didn't trust the guys on the outside, and he's letting stuff rip fast. The second thing he talked about, and um, and this was text to me by somebody in the NFL is that it wasn't just that Russell Wilson lost last week. It was that there was stuff available that he didn't see. And this is something I've had, I've had different people comment on this that know Sean Payton and know the Seahawks is that when Russell Wilson, and he threw three picks last week and was bad when he was in Seattle, a defensive coach, and defensive coaches usually will stick with a quarterback longer than an offensive coach. Offensive guys will move off Goff, uh, Garoppolo. They'll move off guys that are winning. Defensive coaches will stay with quarterbacks who are losing, right? Because they think you can win with running games and the defense, and there's other elements to quarterback league. So Pete Carroll moved off the Russell stuff when he was at or near his best. Now, I think he's about 80-85% of what he was. He's clearly better than he was last year. A lot of elements that similarly work in Seattle, work in Denver. But if a defensive coach moved off Russell 
at 100% Russell, what's Sean Payton going to do off 80-85% Russell? And Cosell broke down that there was a lot of stuff open last week. And I just think my, my take is if I had to guess today, I think they move off Russell Wilson. I think Sean Payton moves off him. Because when you come in and you're the latest guy with a big contract, uh, the owner's going to pick a side. And one of the things that Sean Payton has going for him, think how bad Denver was last year. And now look how capable they are this year. Well, who do you give, it, who do you give credit for? The defense is better. The run game is better. The personnel is better. Sean Payton gets... Sean Payton's the one that immediately attacked the offensive line. Sean Payton is the one that used Russell as a complimentary player. Sean Payton is the one that cleaned up Russell Wilson. So the owners are going to be loyal to Sean Payton. He is directly connected to a lot of the different elements that are improving. Um, And so I, I just think it's one of those things. Russell is... Much closer to the Seattle Russell, but Pete moved off in there, right? So uh, I think that I I think that's a real story. I don't know where Russell goes. There's eight teams seeking a quarterback every year. He's highly expensive. Somebody will get him. But I if if, if when you start listening to what Greg Coast, I thought Greg today had as good a stuff as he's had all year. When he's telling you there was stuff schemed up by Peyton wide open, and he didn't see it. That is what Russell, that's what Peyton takes to the GM and the owner and says, it's here, he can't see it. Okay, so Russ hits them, let's just say Russ is cut and um, they swallow the, you know, the hit. Commanders. <sighs> what? Am I nuts? I'm just, I'm just I, I don't know that they're close to, like, you get Russ to get you into the, like, the Tennessee Titans are kind of close. Levis ain't the dude. Tannehill's going to be gone. Well, Levis could be. Mm. Yeah. At, Atlanta? I, I think you need uh, Russ is a veteran who can make plays with a good coach and maybe get you to the playoffs. I'm not a huge fan at the, anymore, but... If you didn't hear the Greg Cosell, we'll put it on our podcast today. There was just a lot of things. You didn't have to read much into it. It wasn't subtle. The tackles in Kansas City aren't good enough. Russ isn't good enough. Hour three. The second season of El Flow is here. Step into the ever-evolving world of reggaeton and get up close with both legendary figures and emerging talents in the industry. Part of the enormous significance of reggaeton is really the way in which personal narratives connect to larger things going on historically and socially. Listen to El Flow on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. For all the parents out there, picture that it's bedtime. You and the kids have been busy all day. 
You know they're tired, but for some reason, they just won't go to sleep. And for this reason, I created the podcast Bedtime History. Bedtime History is a series of relaxing history stories that end with an inspirational message. With over 2,000 positive parent reviews, Bedtime History is one of the top education podcasts. Join me and listen to Bedtime History every Monday and Thursday on iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.